Welcome, welcome to the Equine Connection podcast. We are beyond excited to have our beautiful Emily Aho come with us and take us on a beautiful world of what she does in beautiful New Hampshire area. That we're still in New Hampshire, right? Yes. Very good. Okay, just double confirming. We <laughs> visited Emily a couple of times actually, and mm-hmm. her and her hubby always. Well, they surprise us in the most lovely ways, but the most incredible thing that Emily is going to be talking about today, not only is she certified as an equine assisted learning facilitator, but she's actually saved the Newfoundland ponies. And we're going to get into those those beautiful little Newfoundland ponies because they are absolutely an incredible little equine being. (laughs) They're tiny and yet they're so strong and they're so amazing. And of course, what Emily is doing, and I love this title of one of her uh, programs is Heal the Heroes. And, you know, you always have to recheck that because not heal the horses, it's heal the heroes. And it just feels so beautiful in one human body, doesn't it, Emily? So without further ado, we are going to bring on Emily and she's going to tell us who, where, what she's, what she's doing, like what happened to lead her on this beautiful journey of saving the Newfoundland ponies and also becoming certified to help humans to be able to move forward. Welcome, Emily. Thank you for having me, Carrie. It's great to be here. It is. I love it. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Sure. Well, gosh, it all kind of happened by accident. Little did I know I would be where I am today back in 2010 when I actually I purchased my first Newfoundland pony kind of accidentally in 2008 I was looking for a companion for my old Clydesdale and uh, he needed a buddy so I thought I'd buy this little pony filly and I thought well you know she'll be small and I don't really have to do much with her it's a pony you know a great buddy for Bob my, my horse Little did I know where the, the, the pony trail, that pony would bring me down. So soon, so after I got her, I had no idea what I had. Someone said, they're very rare. I was, okay. Looked them up online. There's nothing online. So that's well, a cute pony. So next thing I know was her sister came up for sale and she was a registered full-blooded. And so from the same person that I got the other one. And um, so I took a look at her. And I purchased her because she was really cool. And she was old enough for me to ride and good size and all of that. And um, in that process, I met George. And that's another story. I met the love <laughs> of my life through a pony. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm you, they have- I love that. I love how the path yeah, it's just- connects the yeah. connection of living beings, right? Yes. And sometimes we go down the wrong path. And then we turn around and we find, or we find another way. Sometimes they're rough paths, but we get back on the main one we need to be on. So anyways, found George, fell in love. And then that, both of those um, ponies, mother came up for sale. And that's Applewood Highland Heather, who is my heart. And um, I purchased her too. So I had two and a half because I had two registered and one part red. And great. I had cute ponies. And then one day, <laughs> whatever, okay, I'm like, oh, I had cute ponies. And um, so I got a call from a woman who said, hey, uh, do you know what you have? I'm like, I have ponies. And 
she told me that all about the Newfoundland pony and how that they were critically endangered. And that at that time, there were about 300 of them left in the world. And there were like 32 in the United States. And she was the first and only breeder in the United States. Wow. And she told me that I had to breed. I was wondering what she was smoking. I'm like, breeding? I, I've never, <laughs> I'm like, what? I've never, I'm thinking to myself, I never even bred a guppy. Okay. So I had fish, they didn't reproduce, nothing. So <laughs> I only had one child. But, anyways, <laughs> it was not my thing. I got off the phone and I told George, I said, um, <clears throat> these ponies are extremely rare and we have to breed. He's like, what? Yeah, we have to breed. Like, we were laughing. <laughs> so, anyways, I befriended her. The next step was I became uh, I became a member of the Newfoundland Pony Society in Newfoundland, which is the official registry and the only official um, organization in the world for the Newfoundland Pony. Wow. And, You're saying Canada? Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Okay. Yeah, Newfoundland, Canada. So, And so <clears throat> there is no registry in the United States. We are not a registry. There is one. And it's so important that it be the mother, the mothership <laughs> as yeah. the registry. The, the, the Newfoundland Pony is, a lot of people say it's a Canadian breed. I'm sorry, but it is not a Canadian breed. It was, it's a land race and it was created by the island that it came from. People settled the island of Newfoundland, which is a nine hour ferry ride off the coast of Canada. And they brought different breeds over from mountain, a lot of mountain and moorland breeds. And they were in all different port, all outports. They didn't fence them in, they fence them out of the gardens. So the ponies interbred on their own. They forage for food. The island is a giant rock with cliffs and beaches and really dense forest. So this this animal that was interbreeding had to survive the island. So it is a native breed to the, the island of Newfoundland, which over 400 years did not belong, that 400 year period did not belong to Canada until 1949. So you can't, not to insult Canadians, you can't nope. say that it's a Canadian breed because what's so important about it is it's made by nature. And with that comes an incredible sense of um, staying alive. Um, and it's a very, um, it's a draft breed. They are not hot. They are not forward. They're very cold-blooded in a sense, you know, and they um, are a partner breed. So they... The people in Newfoundland will say that they would have um, frozen or starved to death without the Newfoundland pony. They hauled nets, they plowed gardens, they hauled people, they did everything and everybody had one and they just roamed free. And that's what made them what they are. They don't spook. Well, you know, I mean, you've seen this, like you, you guys are with us three times, believe it or not. Are you crazy? But is it three, three times? Three times. Yeah. Wow. You know, we love you. Ninja. We love <laughs> you guys love too. You. Yes, I guess so. <laughs> we had so much fun though with you guys, and it was such a, an incredible experience doing that and helping our community. So, anyways, fast forward, and we have these ponies, and then I'm on the Newfoundland Pony Society board, and then it just went crazy from there. Learned a lot, got connected with Equus Survival Trusts, which is really an international um, endangered horse uh, breed organization, and that's all they specialize in. So now I'm vice president of that. So. <laughs> Yeah, I need a lot. Okay. It doesn't no, no. surprise me. No. Yeah. yeah. So I heard about um, you guys, and I thought, what you know, what are we doing with these ponies? At that time, I think we only had maybe five or six. 
The ponies in the United States were floating around, not being bred. They were someone's pet, some were in a rescue. They were not helping the breed at all. And so they found us and we kind of brought them in and said, what are we doing? What the heck are we doing? And then we got Ami and Ami came into us. He's a little stallion who was put in, well, I'm just gonna say he was injured and he had his um, femur broken and he was in horrible condition. And um, honestly, we took him from the place they they were selling him to us. So we traded tack and um, we took him out of there to put him down. You know, Ami. I mean, he's just uh -huh. and um, heartbreaking. And we brought him home and and I the vet was away on vacation. So I kept saying, we got to put him down, got to put him down. So she she got a hold of us and she came over and she said, you know, he's he's young. He was five. Um, he's small and it's fused. Why don't we give him a chance? I have to tell you, he is seven day. I mean, this year, he's this year, he's 17 years old. Oh, so he, yeah. I mean, I thought every day I look, why are we doing this? Why, why don't we just put him down? But what a brave heart, what a vision of uh, inspiration, especially for people overcoming handicaps and pain in their lives and making the best of what they have on this mm -hmm. earth. He was such a story. And we would have, so we decided, you know, maybe we should do something. So we became a 501c3 nonprofit and we started giving tours to people. And the ponies are so, they're like golden retrievers, man. They're like, they're just, they're so people oriented. And so many times we've had people say to us when we, but we did a lot of events, we've been everywhere with them. And they would say, I'm, I'm scared of horses. I had a bad experience when I was younger, but I, I just want to touch your pony. Is that okay? And the ponies were always amiable and kind and not pushy. And um, I wanted to do more with them. And I heard about Equine Connection and said, what the heck? I'll invite them down <laughs> and have a, let's have one in the United States. We know you guys were not here then. Nope. So people were asking me what it was. I'm like, I have no idea, but I think <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> I love, I love when people spend and invest in themselves all of this money. And it's like people ask, what is it? Well, I don't really know, but I know it's going to be good. It's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. So, so I did it and it was mind blowing. And I had two ponies. I remember when um, Misty and Storm wanted to, Misty, who was afraid of everybody, we'd got her out of the rescue and she was just, she was not connecting with anybody. She was really afraid of people. And she was banging the gate. I'm like, she's not going to be able to do this. And you said, let's give her a chance. Let's see. Because she wanted to come out with the people. And I mean, tears. I mean, just to see her. And she was working with a, a young lady who had some addiction problems and who was fearful. And, and Misty's specialty is people who are fearful. Because the first thing she does is mirror back what's going on. You're fearful. I'm fearful. I'm not going to work with you. And you worked with me and her, and we got that to happen. And I just, to this day, can't believe the results. And then there was Storm. Storm, I know Storm. Storm was indifferent. Another one from rescue, indifferent, whatever. People, yeah, I'm here. Take me for a walk. I don't care. She was with, remember it was like 110 degrees that first time in the shade. It was yes. Too hot. <laughs> and we had women put together that were like, 
fire and gasoline. <laughs> they were not, they weren't, I mean, just not good. And they were all hot and they were all bosses. They were all leaders. And Storm said, screw this. I'm out of here. They were all bickering. <laughs> yep. And she left. So her thing is anger. She works with people who get uptight. It's like, yeah, no, not doing this. You're going to get your act together or I'm, I'm gone. I'll see you later. Bye. And to see those two ponies who were just like flunkies, like people wouldn't want, you couldn't ride them. They weren't, you know, everything everybody dreamed of. They're my best EAL ponies. They were our best. Oh, Absolutely. Our best. The diamonds in the rough. You know, it's just like, I mean, all living beings have such purpose and they're so unique and gifted in their own ways. And it's so beautiful when we can find those pieces that, they do. They have their own gifts. Yes. And so it just grew from there. I mean, we, more ponies, we brought them here, we brought them there, more interviews all over the place, TV, a little uh, documentary. It just grew and grew and grew and grew. And those ponies, I, I believe in, I have this thing, I say pony karma. And karma isn't necessarily, everybody say karma, you know, they're going to get karma. Karma's not all bad. It, it's good. It's good, you know? So we have yeah. pony karma. And every single time when we have reached our end and we are like exhausted, you know, fundraising or something didn't go right and the ponies are losing this battle, da 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 da. Every time something happens, it keeps us going. We that just wait. So that's what's happened. And it's, um, we got real big. We got real big and we got real big real fast. <laughs> and so fast forward COVID, and uh, life just kind of like, we all got stuck in a blender, didn't we? And put on puree and life was just not what it, we used to know. Nope. And I lost my dad. He was um, in the Holyoke Soldiers home and he died of COVID in the most horrible of ways early on. And um, I'm a retired nurse. And I saw what the you know, I saw and heard what nurses and doctors were going through and I couldn't imagine what they were going through. And because I was in such pain with my dad, I decided to run a program called heal the heroes. And, uh, yeah, I did it for free and I held it. We held it in Jaffrey. Yep. And we had precautions. I had a little portable sink outside and we had nurses, we had EMTs and, um, and a, a doctor, one doctor, because actually it's really hard for doctors when they get their license in many states, one of which is New Hampshire, I believe Massachusetts too, they have to put on their application whether they're getting psychiatric help of any form and it stays on their record. So as you can imagine, they don't go get help. Oh, I see. That's a really... Uh, a conundrum, a uh, bad sitch, uh, not right, really, because that should not be a check mark against the human being. That should be a positive check mark that always needing to move forward as I'm dealing with hot, well, you know, but yeah. doctors and nurses and all of our frontline workers, like these are huge pressure pieces that are coming to them. And they still have to be able to release. So that's really shocking that, well, you know what, Emily, nothing shocks me in the world anymore. So, okay, let's just go on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I did that and uh, it was incredible and, uh, but powerful. 
many times we all sat and cried is what we did during the programs. And yeah, and everybody, it was very powerful, the stuff that came out and um, I'll never forget it. It was that was, you know, during that year, because we used precautions and everything, but we were out in open air and it was really easy to do. But the stories I heard, I, I just like, everything you learned as a nurse, like infection control. Yeah, wear that, you're supposed to wear that mask for three days. When you wore, you know, protective equipment, when you left the room, you took it off, threw it away, you cleaned, you did, you know, you washed up all of that. When you went back in, you went in a whole new fresh set. There was no such thing. Yes. So lives are being, everything they knew, they, they lost trust in everybody and everything. Yeah. And the ponies picked up on it and they hugged people. I mean, just, it's amazing what goes on in that ring. So mm-hmm. from there, um, we ran into some difficult things that happened, some unfortunate things that happened. And we ended up, we sold the house, that farm, which needed a whole lot of work. And the money I got offered for that, we, we couldn't pass it up. It needed work. It had drainage issues. It wasn't the place for us anymore. And we went and we leased a farm, which I will just say turned out to be a nightmare. And yeah, that's another story for another day. It was a con job. It was not right. We stepped in, we went down the wrong pony path. But from there, we connected with a recovery center that was opening up in um, Gardner, Massachusetts. And through one of our volunteers heard about this, worked for the lawyer that was handling the sale of this old facility, blah, blah, blah. And so we connected with them and we moved a good portion of our ponies to that recovery center and grew with them. And um, we have now like, I think nine ponies down there. Mm. Yeah. And we also then, my dream was never to own every single pony in the United States and have them on our property. The thing is we want people to breed them. We wanted them to learn what they were. We don't want to, the big pushes to breed them for the hunter jumper world because there's a whole lot of money and these guys will do anything you ask them to do. The risk of exploitation for this breed is huge and it really concerns me. So um, we are trying to keep the traditional pony alive and I've got off track a little bit with that. So there's that (laughs) challenge, yeah. So. We have a network of farms now, so it's not just us. We have, yeah, it's really cool. We've got other people breeding. In fact, we've got a, a pretty important um, school that's going to get involved with us. They're um, kind of into conservation, and um, and we are um, exploring that avenue as we speak, actually. Um, and uh, that's going to be a very cool thing for um, kids who are growing up learning about the environment. Oh. So we we promote work the pony works we promote that they don't have to be ridden horses don't have to be ridden to be important and and that's what people think you know if, if it can't jump more than three feet it's no good they pass them on from muffy to little chrissy to this one there and you know you know what i'm saying and, yeah, and that's I, gonna end. yeah that's gonna end. Absolutely. we're using animals and we need we need to get off our high horse and learn to connect with them in that process, I also connected with Sharon Wilsey and learned horse speak. And um, so we incorporate a lot of body language condition, body language condition, condition, uh, excuse me, we condition, 
let me start again. <laughs> we do horse speak. <laughs> Sorry, it's early. Okay, no tea. I'm, I'm not there yet. So we do a whole lot of um, teaching about body um, language, which you do anyways in EAL. But it's and, morning. Yes. And so we, yep. So we've been, we've been throwing that in for a while. Good. And I have to tell you that the people with recovery who are going through recovery are some of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. Right. Really incredible people who are, addiction is destroying them. And, but the animals bring it, bring out who they are. So I have to tell you, one of my first groups, um, there was a young man. I start. I would start inside with we had with pony school. Starting there's a residential uh, farm home a home on the property for men, and there's other different components of other community programs on the property. And when I first started out, I was teaching about the ponies and this and that, and I taught about how to relax your body and how to get to zero before you approach them and how that connects to them. Blah blah blah. And there was a young man there, and he was listening. And the second time that I taught afterwards, he pulled me aside he was, when everybody was gone. And he said, I have to tell you, never in my life have I ever been able to feel calm inside. My whole life, I've had this knot and anxiety in my stomach. And he said, this is the first time ever I've been able to control this. He said, and that is why I turned to drugs and alcohol. And he goes, this has been life changing. I was like, wow. It, just that you know i hear you because even for us who are working with uh, recovery organizations as well that's the biggest thing that they always talk about they cannot believe that they were present lived in a moment and didn't think of any kind of other anxiety known to mankind they were there and wow is that a gift to them to give themselves a break you know yeah. no it's in yeah, the pony and the animals, so the horses and ponies, whatever, they don't treat them. They, they don't say, well, that's he's an alcoholic or he's a drug oh. addict. You know what? They don't have that. They're just this human being in front of me. Exactly. And I, yes. Huh? Absolutely. And so, and I have seen things in there that have just brought tears to my eyes as well. I had a, a person who um, had had a panic attack earlier in the day and thought that the pony was going to pick up on it and didn't wouldn't like this person and blah 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 and the pony was walking along with this person and yeah this person was really uptight and he walked away and he went over to the end of the ring so i went over and i got him you know and i brought him back and she and i talked and um he came back and he was different and she had calmed herself down by that by that point and took the lead before they went off. He hugged her. He absolutely wrapped himself around her and hugged her. Yeah. So that was like, there goes the mascara. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was like just like, whoa. And he yeah. led her through. He led her through. He he knew and he led her through the course. Yeah. And so many stories. So many. It's outrageous and it's so beautiful how you married the two. So two real and, and George would be a third, obviously, passion, but the two in even thinking of what's purposeful on earth to bring those Newfoundland ponies and helping them and saving them. And then 
helping the humans and saving them, but because you have the the horses to be able to do so, the ponies to be able to do so, the objectively driven programs and understanding how to move them forward so the humans can be their own self, be empowered to figure out everything, but it's because the ponies telling them to versus the human telling them to. So kudos to you guys. Like I'm so proud and so excited that you have taken this like beyond what you could have ever dreamt about. I mean, who knew, right? Like this is very, very exciting. Yes. And I have to tell you that this spring, I haven't really, uh, this summer, I haven't really announced it publicly, but we have four bread mares and two of them are at the farm down there and two of them at one of our new farms. And so we are expecting if it all goes well, four foals to be born. summer. So that in itself brings a whole new um, experience for everybody. And uh, like I said, I walk out of that ring. I never know what's going to happen. And I learn every day. You know, you think you know it all. No, you don't. The ponies do. (laughs) I don't know anything. You know, it's so true. And I think that's such a strong piece to being human. Carolyn and I now always say, you know, we know nothing. You know, we know a lot of stuff, don't get us wrong, or we wouldn't be where we are, but we know nothing. And I think when you can open yourself up to understanding, we really, we know this much in life, but you got to be so open to just accepting and seeing, because you see it, you see it every time you're with one of these ponies or these horses, because they're the ones opening up things that you didn't even know existed. Exactly. Yeah. And you get some people that come into the ring and you're like, wow, what am I going to do with this person? They're really, you know, like hyper or uptight or really sad. And, and you get like, I had one person who was a train wreck, really a train wreck. Life was a train. I mean, and actually what he came out was, was that pony trusted him and nobody trusts him. I mean, it was like, and it was true. It was true. And and it was, it was a challenge for the pony. The pony trusted him. And yeah. that was mind blowing for him. He just kept saying that I can't believe because of course I facilitated that, but he couldn't believe that's uh, anything trusted him. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, seriously, we could go on for hours with all of these stories because you're just so blown away that we are so blessed to be able to be a part of seeing these things evolve and transform right before our very eyes. And again, credit back to the ponies and to these magnificent horses who do it all, but understanding the horse's language and culture. Because if you don't have that and you're using horses or using ponies, you can really be wrecking those moments. But before we do uh, leave, I think people are going to want to find you, my dear. We're going to find you and two two sides because you're with the Newfoundland ponies, you're with equine assisted learning in your own business. So can you tell the people how to find you in both ways and your social media platforms and all that great stuff? Awesome. Well, we're Newfoundland Pony Sanctuary on Facebook and on um, Instagram. And our website is the best place to go. And it's newfoundlandponies.org. It's really simple to find us. Yeah. So, um, and there's a lot of information on there about the ponies. Like I said, we're trying to save the traditional breed. So um, we're working real hard at that because they were a partner breed and it's just so ideal to continue that 
you know. Absolutely. Really is. So that's where you can find us. <laughs> so is, is that where they also find you for any of your programs that you offer and your company name in Equine Assisted Learning? Yes. Yes, it's side by side people and pony and ponies and um, but generally um, you'll find me under the Newfoundland Pony um, Conservancy Center is what okay. we're called and we're well, not a registry. <laughs> that is just being a smart businesswoman. Why have two websites when you only need one? And everybody, That's right. That's right. yes. Well, awesome. it truly has been a pleasure. I am so Hi. excited that you came on for this podcast. I actually think we should do another one, maybe in 2024. What do you think? I'd love it. Yeah, maybe I could do one live or something more with the animals Ooh, itself. Let's do that. My birds. I'm sorry, my birds okay. are flying around. Let's let's do that, Emily. And thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, we will see you in uh, the New Hampshire area. We will see you on Facebook. We will invite you back on. And again, we love having you on our team. So, congratulations for everything that you have accomplished, hon. Thank you. Okay. <laughs>